Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody. Good to see you all. Great to be here. Welcome, everybody, online. Also, you know, uh, I guess I just got to tell you, like, I'm actually nervous. Um, I don't know why, but like it just, I feel nervous today and, and I probably shouldn't and, and everything's good. And um, I don't know if you felt a little nervous even showing up today and uh, people sending me texts and, and prayers. I really appreciate it. One of the big things was, okay, Chris, stay focused. If you don't stay focused, you know, you're gonna, there's so much going through your mind. Like, okay, one thought just popped into my mind. So since we haven't been here in a while, I haven't had someone sitting here and actually, I mean, I haven't had our jokesters in the front row, so this is helpful to me, and it's going to help all of us. So you know I expect participation and, and all that, um, but as my mind's thinking about all these random things, first of all, uh, it's happy Valentine's Day, right? So happy Valentine's Day. Guys, if you uh, haven't done the, you know, the flower thing yet, I'm just uh, encouraging you, there's no harm, no foul in doing that. And let me tell you, even though you didn't do it yet, or maybe you're still planning and I ruined it for you, if that's the case, it's okay if you're married. Um, in fact, if you're not married, you can give them to somebody else. Um, but if you're married, it's cool to do, even though you're just doing it because pastor said. She's not going to think that. She would just still love the flowers. Am I right, ladies? Okay, so guys, for those of you, um, the only challenge is at this time, there may not be anything left. So if you're walking in with a flower from the backyard, she will know. She will know. So anyway, uh, but yeah, we're, we're thrilled to have you guys here. This is just an amazing, I mean, it's so crazy to think about that it's been 10 months that there's been anybody indoor um, at this place. So we're thrilled to have you here. Also, some of you are thinking to yourself, okay, how does this whole live thing work? Some of you have even asked that, and somebody says, hey, I've been duped on this live thing. No, you actually haven't. There's churches who literally do 20, 30, 40 live services every single week. So what is, are they coming back and recording live every single week? Well, the answer is no. They record the service. It's live when they record it, and what really makes it live is that there's the chat, that people can interact together, that there's either a pastor or a staff member on there that you can follow up with that you can talk to. That is the key. It happens. And so some of you are watching this going, wait, I thought they met at 830 and I'm seeing people in the crowd or something. Yeah, yeah, because there's people right now. You can chat online. So we hope you do that. In fact, Mark, uh, shout out to you. I know uh, we talked last night and you were asking about the services. So uh, shout out. Glad you're here. Glad you're watching with us uh, today. All right. It's time to dive in. Everybody ready to dive into God's word? Okay, good, good, good. So uh, in your Bible or version Bible app, we want you to get to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. Now, I'm really excited to kick off this new series because we're looking at some principles that are found in Scripture that pertain to you and I being good and godly stewards of our finances. Now, I think you know by now that God has called us to, to be good managers of our time, our talent, and our treasures. And so today what we're looking at, we're looking at this incredible principle. It's called the principle of first. Everybody say first. First. You can type it in or wherever you're sitting right now, you can just say first well, wherever you're sitting. So if you're visiting for the first time, whether it's online or if in this room or, or, or maybe uh, checking us out for the first time, uh, we're glad you're here today, but we need you to understand something. 
that you actually have the privilege today of sitting in on a conversation that God is having with his followers. And so you can actually, if you're visiting, you can sit back, you can relax and just kind of be a fly on the wall, right, of an internal conversation. But I would say this, there, there's some really good information and stuff that God gives us that is actually helpful to a lot of people, anybody to really grab a hold of. Now, as is always the case when we talk about being good stewards of our finances, the goal is simple, to help. And this is the key word, to help. Say the word help. The goal is to help you line your heart up more and more with the heart of God. Because what did Jesus say? Jesus said this. He said, where your treasure is, there your what? There your heart is also. All that Jesus wants is your heart. And Jesus knows that the pathway for you surrendering, the way to get to your heart is surrendering to his will. The way you get there, the pathway, believe it or not, God says it's through your finances. That's why the Bible talks about money and finances more than any other topic. And the key for us is this. God is never, this is never about God getting something from us. It's always about God having something for us. And I know for some of us, we're excited and we can't wait to dive in. And we hope more and more will join in this process of being released from the grip of materialism. And some are excited and praying as this even begins. And some of us, we get a little nervous. We get a little nervous. But I want to encourage you, rest easy today. God knows. He knows you're on a journey. And he's patiently inviting you to progress in your faith and in your obedience as you seek to line up your heart and your will more and more with the heart and the will of God. And so as we dive in, we can sit there going, okay, God, I just want to line my heart more and more up with you. Now, with all that qualifier set, let's dive in. The principle of first, that's what we're looking at today. The principle of first, it runs all throughout scripture and it's a principle, it always works. For example, if God is first in your life, everything can begin to come in order. If God is not first in your life, then your life won't come into its proper order. Yes, we'll still have challenges, we'll still have trials and tribulations, because we, of course, live in a sinful, fallen world, world, but when you follow the principle of first, no matter your circumstances, God's going to lead you. And God's going to guide you, and he's going to provide for you, and he's going to fill you with his peace and his love and his joy. And this principle of first, again, it works. It always works. It works related to your time. It works related to your talents. And yes, also your treasures. So as we dig into this principle that we're actually going to look at in the Old Testament, I want us to keep in mind what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He said this. He said, everything in the Old Testament was written as an example to us. He said, all this was written in scriptures to teach us how to live. Say the word live. It's to teach us how to live in these last days. So, Let's check out Exodus chapter 13. We're going to look at verse 1. Exodus chapter 13, verse 1. It says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Consecrate. That word consecrate means set aside. Consecrate or set aside to me all the firstborn. Whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. Did you see what God just said? Did you see what he just said? He said the first 
belongs to God. The first is mine, God says. The firstborn belongs to God. Now, verse 2, Exodus 13. You shall set apart, and that word set apart is the same word also as consecrate that we just said. Set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. In other words, all the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Again, it's God's. It belongs to God. The first belongs to God. The first belongs to God. Now check this out. Look at verse, uh, jump ahead to Exodus 13, verse 13. It says, every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. In other words, if you don't redeem it, you lose it. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Pretty interesting verses, wouldn't you say? Isn't that kind of interesting? You read that, you listen to that, and go, okay, what does all that mean? So let's unpack that a little bit. Let's talk about that a little bit and discover a couple of principles together. And the number one principle of first that we see, first of all, the first principle is that the firstborn is to be sacrificed or redeemed. The firstborn is to be sacrificed or redeemed. The principle, because frankly, we're not under the law requiring us to break animals' necks, right? You're like, yeah, thank God for that. We're not under the law. The principle is that the firstborn is to be sacrificed or redeemed. But let's talk about how they did it. The Jewish people did it. How did they know whether to sacrifice that animal or that first fruit or to redeem it? Well, it was actually based on whether that animal was a clean animal or an unclean animal as God prescribed it. If it came from an unclean animal, you had to redeem it with the sacrifice of a clean animal. Let me say it one more time. If the firstborn was, was, was a clean, uh, uh, the firstborn was a clean animal, you sacrificed it. If it was an unclean firstborn, you needed to redeem it by having it be a sacrifice from a clean animal. Did I lose you? Or did you track that? Firstborn, clean, sacrifice it. Firstborn, unclean, it needs to be redeemed by the sacrifice of a clean animal. Now, that might be strange to us. It doesn't make a lot of sense to us. But here's the cool thing about what God does in the Old Testament. Ultimately, just about everything, some would even say everything, points to Jesus. As you look through the Old Testament, it ultimately points to Jesus. And so I want us to think about that and process this a little bit. If it's unclean, it has to be redeemed with the sacrifice of a clean. And if it's clean, it has to be sacrificed. When you and I were born into this world, spiritually speaking, we were born clean or unclean? Shout it out, clean or unclean? We were born unclean. We've talked about that here before many times, right? Scripture says we were all born into our sin nature. We were all born into sin, which is easy to prove, by the way. All you parents are already experts on this, right? You already know this. Do you have to teach your kids to be bad, to say no? Do you have to teach them that? No, no. They're, they're experts at that already. They come out of the womb already with that. You don't have to teach them to be bad. You have to teach them to be good, right? So we're all born unclean. But what about Jesus? Was Jesus born clean or unclean? What was it, clean or unclean? He was born clean, right? Jesus was without sin, Scripture tells us. So check this out. What did we just read in Exodus 13? That the clean had to be sacrificed for the unclean so that the unclean could be redeemed. The clean, Jesus. 
had to be sacrificed for us, the unclean. This whole Exodus 13 passage is actually a picture of the gospel and what Jesus would do for you and I. Somebody just say amen. That's what this actually ultimately points to. So this principle of first, the firstborn or the first portion, that redeems the rest. The first portion is the redemptive portion, and that's what carries the blessing that then covers the rest. So, talk about it from the perspective of finances. When you offer the first portion of your finances to God, the rest is then blessed. When you offer the first portions of your time to God, the rest of your time is blessed. When you offer the first portion of your talents, your abilities, your skills, and your gifts, and you give them the best, then the rest of your skills and abilities and talents are blessed. That's the principle. See, God didn't say... After your sheep gives birth to 10 little lambs, you can just go out, pick whatever one you want, and, and, you know, offer that to me. And, you know, that one lamb that just keeps getting in the garden and everything and you can't stand? Go ahead and offer that one. Or that one over there that's sick and lame and, and, and a problem, go ahead and offer that one to me. No, 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 no. That's not how it works with God. Why give first? Why offer the first? Why does God have us even do this? Why is this concept so important to God? Because it's about faith. You see, it takes faith, doesn't it, to offer the first. Because you don't know if there'll be another. So it takes faith to actually trust God, that trusting God, that God will provide for you. It takes faith to trust his will and his way, not knowing if anything else is coming in the future. God actually says, you give the first one. Before you give, you know, in this case, the other nine. Because it's the firstborn that actually redeems the rest. Or, to use tithing language or offering language, you offer the tithe or the offering first to God. Before you offer to your finances, to your mortgage, to your anything else you want to spend on. Because it takes faith to trust in God and his will. By the way, something to think about here. The tithe or the offering, sometimes people say, oh, that's just legalism. We're in the New Testament. We don't have to think about tithe or offering and all that. You know, we just have to give whatever's in our heart. And the scripture talks about that, but it also talks about the principle of the tithe. And, and some people go, oh, that's all just legalistic. It's not. That's what, where we go. The, it's the principle, the tithe, the offering, it's not a legalistic thing. For God, it's a first thing, Right? For God, it's a first thing. It's about first. In a sense, if you really think about this, Jesus is actually God's tithe. You ever think about that? Jesus is actually God's tithe. Again, think about it. God didn't wait for you and I to straighten up, did he? God didn't wait till you and I got our act together. No, the Bible tells us while we were still sinners, Christ what? What did he do? He died for us. He offered him first. The firstborn, it must be one of two things, sacrificed or redeemed first. And it's what blesses that sacrifice of first. That's what blesses or redeems the rest. Pro Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Or in our modern language, we would say with all of our income. Why? Proverbs 3.10 because then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. 
honor God with our first. And Proverbs say, then we'll be filled with plenty. Then there will be overflowing. Why? Because it's the first that redeems the rest. The first redeems the rest. True of our time, our talent, and our treasure. So, how do you honor God with your wealth, with your first fruits to use the, uh, that language? Well, the second principle of first, the first fruits is to be offered or brought. The first fruits is to be offered or brought. Exodus chapter 23, it then goes on, verse 19, God says this. As you harvest your crops, bring, say the word bring. Bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. The best of your first fruits are to be what? They're to be, they're to be brought. They're to be offered. And what does this passage say? Where are they to be brought? Anybody, what did it say? Where are they to be brought? Somebody say it if you're at home or say it in here. Where are they to be brought? Where? House of the Lord, right? House of the Lord. We bring our first, we bring our first offering to God, to the house of the Lord. Not to a university. Not to a missionary. Not to Compassion International or some other great cause that many of us participate in. You know, I just uh, did my taxes this weekend. And uh, I have this time, whenever I do my taxes, I really do pause and I try to have this moment. It, it takes me a while, but I try to have this moment of worship with God because I have to fill out for my tax person all of my offerings that I give. There's a section in my taxes that I fill out. And, and so I put the number down for LifePoint and put the number down for uh, Compassion International, the kids we sponsor, and Love Inc., a ministry we participate here at church, and, and missionaries. And I look at all that. But here's the deal. Compassion International for us or Love, Inc. or missionaries, they're on top of the first fruits that go to God's house. They're not, and we don't take away from that to give to that, to something that, you know, personally we, we love and care about. No, no, no. It's on top of that. And so I have this moment of worship with God, and I, got, I, I, and I always do this, and I hope you'll do it when you do your taxes. Say, God, I thank you that you even blessed me in such a way and even gave me the faith so I can be in a place to offer this up, to bring this to you. And I pray, God, you just keep blessing it and keep using it. And it's a just for me, I don't know about for you, but it's a pretty cool thing for me to just have that moment of worship with God. I make those other offerings, but the first offering goes to the house of the Lord. Now, not to get too deeply into semantics, but I do find this interesting. God doesn't use, in, this, in these passages, God doesn't use the word give when he talks about offerings and tithes. He uses the word bring or offer. Again, Exodus 23, what did it say? Bring the very best of your harvest. Malachi chapter 3 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there'll be enough food in my temple. And there's a whole nother bring it to the house of God thing. Now, why does God tell you and I? To bring an offering and not give an offering? I mean, I just started thinking about that. Like, is God in purposeful and intentional? Does he use that word, you know, bring versus give? Well, think about even New, New Testament language. We, we can't give what we don't own. Does anybody remember what Jesus said? He gives parables and he talks about you and I. He says we're not owners. Anybody know what he talks about in his parables? What are we called? It starts with an M. Anybody know? We're managers. We are, we are not owners. We're actually managers. And so we can't give what we don't own, but we can bring. 
We can bring it to God because it already belongs to God. It's God's property. In fact, it goes on and says, it is holy to the Lord. That's the same word. It's set apart to the Lord. It's a wild thought for me. I don't know about you, but when I think about this, it's a wild thought that if I don't offer God my first fruits, my first portions, I'm actually keeping something that literally doesn't belong to me. I mean, when I start thinking about that, I, and I, maybe you, that's the first time maybe you've ever thought about that. That when you don't bring that first portion, that first fruits, if you will, to God, you're holding on to something that it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. It's his. Practically speaking, let's picture it this way. Let's say you got paid $1,000, okay? And so, uh, and I'm just going to tell you because this is actually mine. I'm not giving out money today. Um, but uh, so I have $1,000 right here, okay? $1,000. I have uh, 10 $100 bills. And the tithe, which is literally the word, anybody know what the word tithe literally means, definition of it? Tenth, right? The tenth. So I have 10 of them. So the tithe, the tenth, is one of the, these, these bills up here. Question. How do you know which one of these is the tithe in our modern day language? How do you know which one of these is the tithe? It's the one you give first. Because tithe is what? It's first. It's whatever you give first. Wherever you give the first to. It's whatever leaves your hand first. So when you get paid, the first check, the first auto debit, the first cash that you give away, Scripture says is meant to be offered to who? To God before, before the mortgage, before the electricity, before that car payment. Be, whoa. Before, <laughs> yeah, people got went quick there. They were ready. They were like, where's Chris putting that money? I hope he forgets it when the message is over and it's just sitting on his podium. Okay, let me put that back. Before. Before. Well, we think to ourselves, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can take that step. I, I, I don't know if I can really trust that it's going to be okay. That God's really going to be provide for me. Can God still do that? Well, I got to tell you, here's what I've discovered about God and a lot of people have discovered about God. The mortgage company, SMUD, doesn't have the power to bless like God can. They just don't. Because the first portion redeems the rest. And I trust that God can do more with my 90% that I have left than I can with the 100% trying to manage it on my own. And I've discovered that. And some of you have discovered that. And some of you have figured that out as well. You can't give what you don't already own. Now... In the Old Testament, uh, two brothers, maybe you know the story, Cain and Abel. They each brought a sacrifice to God. Here's what's interesting. God accepted, uh, Cain killed Abel. God accepted Abel, Abel's. <laughs> See how my brain has to do that? God accepted Abel's, but he didn't, have to, he didn't accept Cain's. Anybody know the story of why? Well, let's read it. Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. In the course of time, Cain brought, there's that word brought again, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Notice what word it didn't say didn't say the word first fruits. It just says in the course of time. Genesis 4, verse 4. Abel 
also brought, there's that word brought again, brought a gift. He didn't bring it in the course of time when it was convenient, did he? No, what does it say? He brought the best portions of the what? Of the firstborn from his flock. So the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. That's heavy, guys. I mean, it's heavy. But God clearly was teaching this principle of first, of offering or bringing our first fruits. That's what God accepts. Abel did that. He brought the firstborn to God. But scripture says, Cain, he just in the course of time. In other words, when he wanted and what he wanted. And God said, that's not how it works with me. I only accept the first. So the firstborn, the firstborn, the first portion is to be sacrificed or redeemed. Then the firstborn or the first fruits is to be brought or to be offered. And in case you haven't noticed, it's almost like reiterating what we've already said. Said this final principle of first is that the first fruits are to be offered specifically to the Lord. The first fruits are to be offered specifically to the Lord. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30 says this, all the tithe of the land whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is whose? It's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. That's the same language we just saw in Exodus 13. It belongs to God. It's his property. It's holy to the Lord. It's God's. It belongs to him. We just illustrated that, didn't we? We just illustrated that right here. You have that? You have? And the first goes to God. Now, for clarity, God's not legalistic about this. He tells us in the New Testament, Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to us. That's in Matthew chapter 6. And in that passage, it's a whole passage about worrying about stuff, where we're gonna, how we're going to pay for things, where we're going to go, uh, how we're going to live, how's God going to provide for food. There's a whole passage about worrying. Jesus says, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. All these things you worry about, if you seek him first, the principle of first, it always works. You seek him first. Jesus goes on and says, all those other things will be taken care of. So God's not legalistic. He's looking at your heart. He wants you to put him first. Say the word first. First. So let's think about our last series. We talked about the habits that you develop today so uh, that you're working on and you're developing so that you can become who you want to be later in one year or five year. If you, didn't, if you missed any of that series, I highly encourage you to go check it out or to even re-watch that. And when you think about this idea of where do you want to be in five years, and we talked about go ahead and start small. It's okay. Start small, but do it faithfully and consistently. Pick a percentage. It's always better to pick a percentage, by the way, than pick an amount. Because the way it works, you pick a percentage, you offer that first to God. And let that be the first that leaves your hand and not in the course of time as it happened with Cain. This habit, this, this habit that we develop, this discipline, this obedience to the principle of first, it just always works. It always works. It's the gateway to experiencing the amazing abundant life that Jesus has for us. There's no other way to get there. So God invites you. Start the process, start the journey, or if you're in the journey, to keep progressing in the journey. 
Now, I, I, I want to read this last part of this passage because this is really cool and, and I'd hate to miss it. So Exodus 13, let's, let's uh, check this out. In verse 14, it says this. So it shall be when your son asks you in the course of time uh, to come saying, hey, dad, what is this? In other words, dad, why are you killing these animals? I don't understand, dad. Then you shall say to him, by the strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn and letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, in other words, this is the reason. Therefore, saying to his son, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. Thankfully, God isn't asking us to sacrifice our sons, so you get to redeem them. But did you see the two words again? There they are, what we started with. Did you see the words sacrifice and redeem? Sacrifice and redeem. So just imagine the story. The little boy runs in the house, says, Mom, Dad, hey, our sheep had just had a little lamb, our first one. Come on out, everybody. And so the whole family heads out, and Dad grabs the butcher knife off the counter. And they all head out. And they're looking at this cute little lamb. And, and, and Dad, you know, he grabs it by its hind legs and picks it up, and he, you know, slits its throat. And, and that happens, and the little boy's watching that. And he doesn't probably understand at first. And like, oh, my gosh. But then he sees this over the years unfold again and again and again and again. And finally, the little boy gets the courage to ask, hey, Dad, why are you doing that? Dad, I don't understand. What are you doing? Why do you always kill the firstborn lamb? And Dad says, well, son, we weren't always in the ranching business. Long before that, we didn't even own animals. We didn't own land. In fact, we were just slaves. But God set us free. God gave us everything you see, all this land, all this property, all these sheep, all these animals. Son, everything we have is from God. Therefore, son, we gladly offer to God the first of any increase that comes our way because the first belongs to God. Listen, God saved you from your slavery to sin. Scripture's clear about that. He set us free. God has given us everything we need. Even when we didn't know it, God was the one providing for us. Therefore, we will gladly offer or bring to God the first of all of our increase. The passages gladly with a grateful heart. Now listen, I get it, I get it, I get it. The number one reason I hear from people all the time, the number one people, reason people don't tithe or give a percentage or even give a tithe, is the bottom line is they say, I just can't afford it. So let me just try something I haven't said before and try a new approach. We're always trying new angles to see how God will grab your heart. And I say this in love, you will never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe. You just won't. You will never be able to afford until you tithe. Because according to scripture, that's what breaks the curse. That's what breaks the grip of materialism in our lives. Giving first is the physical demonstration of a spiritual reality that, yes, I'm seeking God's kingdom and God's righteousness first. And not my own will and not my own way and not my own kingdom. We mentioned it briefly in a brief illustration last series. You can fake everything else. You can 
pray, you can read the Bible, you can act righteous, you can talk how great and amazing you are, and you can spout the holiness of God and, and put that on paper or however it may be. You can do all that and your heart still not be right. You can do all that and still not be where God wants you to be in this area and obedient in this area. And this is the one way God says, this is the way I know if I really have your heart. If you really trust me, if there's really a demonstration that uh, you have faith in me and that I will provide for you. So if you don't yet give your first fruits, I want to encourage you, start. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. Some of you say, I got 10, but I don't have the faith to give one yet. All right, break it down. Go to the bank, break it down or whatever, and take a portion of that. Okay, start somewhere. and Just start being consistent. Say, God, I want to grow in my faith, but I commit to starting to giving you the first. Some of you have already started this process, and you're somewhere in this journey. And for some of you today, it's time to increase your faith. And some of you say, oh, I'm not going to break down the tithe anymore. I'm going to take a step further. Wherever you're at, you're on the right path. If you're giving, keep progressing. Because the principle of the first, of the first fruits, of the first proportions to be offered or brought to God, and God alone, not to others, not to other people, ministries, anything else, our first fruits belong to God. Exodus said, and we gladly offer it back to him. We gladly bring it to him. Let's pray about this. See what God has to say to us. And here's what I want to invite you to do right now. I want to invite you to ask the Lord in your heart a simple question. God, what are you speaking to me through this message today? God, how are you speaking to my heart? Just ask the Lord. God, what are you saying to me right now? Heavenly Father, Almighty God, you're hearing these questions brought before you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that right now, you would just touch each heart. God, the great thing is you're not looking to guilt us or shame us. That's not how you work. It's your kindness that leads us to repentance. And you're just kindly, patiently waiting for us to put into practice this amazing principle of first that just always works. And so God, hear these prayers, hear these questions. And as you communicate to each heart, God, I pray that each heart responds to you in faith, that they take the step that you're calling them to. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. And so God, we each want to give you our heart. And we know the path into our heart comes through our treasures. So God, we want to have faith. We want to trust you. And we offer you our first. Use this for your glory, for your kingdom. But God, I pray you use it to change every single person here who's watching, who's sitting in this room. Maybe it's during the middle of the week and this is the first time they're watching, God, that you would move in their life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.